0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Blitzing is, is truly like, it's got to be calculated and not reckless. I've been around both guys, right? I've been around guys that just call it and let's see what happens. Let's throw, let's throw, uh, let's throw flies in the windshield and see what sticks. All right. And then I've been guys that have been more calculating that. And I believe you have to be calculating, not reckless in blitzing. Because when you do blitz, you're obviously leaving uh, your undercoverage and secondary vulnerable. So whenever we do blitz, it'll be with (laughs) intent. It's Jalen Ramsey. I mean, come on now. Like you talk about prototype corners. Um, He is that, right? Size, length, speed, competitiveness. The thing about him is I think he is, he's your ultimate chess piece. So to have him just sit outside and, you know, be a field corner or boundary corner or something like that, I think is a detriment to him. We got to find ways to move him around where he can be most impactful. And um, we're committed to doing that.
2: You mean like cover the number one receiver on other teams. I like that. Anthony Weaver, the uh, Miami Dolphins' new defensive coordinator, at his press conference yesterday talking uh, about a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, if this thing looks anything like the Baltimore Ravens' defense, we're, we're, we're in good shape. We're in good shape. Now listen, like everybody has said, every coach will tell you, I'm a sure look a lot better as a coordinator when I got really good players. And boy, Baltimore had... A lot of really good football players on both sides, but especially on that defense. And not only that, but they got some guys that had career years, some guys at Van Noy, nine sacks. Are you kidding me? Smith and Queen, probably the best one, two linebackers in football. God, were they productive. Uh, Pretty, pretty darn good group. So anyway, um, that was Anthony Weaver yesterday. And, of course, so, so they were, saw shots of, of guys working out at camp and stuff. And that's good, man. Like, hey, look, you, you should. Not only the guys rehabilitating, rehabilitation from injury, and, and those guys stay around, and, and they should. They got everything you need to to, uh, to get healthy as quickly as possible. But, but uh, the other guys, you should be there. After, like, the season's been over for a while. What's the season? What, he been over a month, would you say, since Super Bowl, two weeks? We're out in the first round. Yeah, it's been four or five weeks.
3: Yeah, at least, yeah.
2: So, I don't know. I don't know about you, but guys that struggled last year or were on the 53-man roster but didn't play, I'm guessing their vacation should be over. I'm guessing the team is even saying, you know, I don't know. Cam Smith. I know people are talking about Cater Kohu. who's gotta have a you know, a comeback year. He didn't play well last year. Um, and the other guy that we really need to I'm rooting for him, by the way. I'm I'm like Mike and, and Chris. We need Cam Smith to to not only bounce back where he can play on game day a little bit, we need him to if he's not starting, play a lot. He needs to be that good. Second round pick, your your top pick. A year ago, out of South Carolina, so he played SEC football and faced a lot of good receivers every week. He, uh, whatever doghouse he got in with with Vic Fangio, and and it was one of the worst doghouses I've ever seen. It was a bad one. I mean, we were playing a rookie free agent out of Stanford over him. You know, if that's not a slap in your face, not another draft pick, but a free agent from Stanford comes in. And they're playing him, and you're sitting inactive for a game. So, I would just hope that Cam would take this. Whether you know, Vic didn't like him. We well, obviously didn't like something about him. He didn't like something he wasn't. There was something he wasn't doing. Because Vic had a lot of cornerbacks go down. A lot of guys get banged up, and just didn't see a spot for Cam Smith to to get in there. I um, and we need him. Well yeah, we need him. And, and by the way, it'd be a hell of a comeback because it wasn't like he played like twenty percent of the snaps and this year he's gonna be a starter. I mean, they they were playing everybody ahead of him. If Cam Smith is not motivated, because there's no there's no more, you know, just sitting back and, and blaming the grumpy old man Vic Fangio, okay? He's gone. He he's in Philadelphia and he's got his own problems to take care of. You, you, you got to, num- number one, take a look in the mirror at yourself. And second of all, your ass needs to be there every day working on your game because you're getting a fresh start. You got a head coach and a general manager that are rooting like cheerleaders, like Miami Dolphin cheerleaders rooting for you to be really good because they took you. They both signed off. Head coach, GM, that's our guy. Take him. Love him. And he was he was a disappointment in year one. He was a disappointment. That Doesn't mean it's over, but boy, he got a long way to go. And um, hopefully, he obviously did some things wrong. Besides just get, getting beat, getting smoked in a preseason game—that happens to everybody. I mean, it's not just Cam. Uh, but I hope on his own, his agent-driven says, "Hey, Cam, you've been off a month." You know, your ass needs to be back at camp. Some of the veterans are rehabbing. You need to be out there with them. You need to be working. You need to be watching film. You're not Xavier Howard, and you're not Jalen Ramsey. You're just not. You're not Eli Apple. Um, That needs to be your attitude, man. I, this is my rookie year. I'm starting over, and uh, all that stuff. I don't know if anybody's image got hurt. I took it by the things that were said or not said about him that he was lazy, didn't work hard, um didn't stay after practice, didn't all the things you would think you would do. Now now listen, he's lucky. He's lucky. He's a second round pick now. They're they're you know, and it's your guys that drafted you cuz they got a lot invested and they want this thing to work. But hopefully Chris Greer's I had a chance to spend some time with him. And say, hey Cam, man, we whatever it is, he just can't be the grumpy old man. It, there had to be more stuff to it. That coach, I'm guessing head coach and Vic and Mike had a lot of talks about Cam Smith last year. So it's a big, it's an important position. And hopefully the lights go off, or excuse me, lights go on. They've been off with Cam Smith and he figures this thing out a little bit. I know everybody's going, wow, we need to get more out of Cater. No, we need to get more out of Cam. That that's not not a rookie free agent. A couple years ago, he, he he's playing his ass off. He plays hard. He's a good tackler. He does some good things. Guy, we got to you can't you can't whiff on a second round pick. You need Cam Smith to come in and and be the guy. I hope it was. I hope we find out in September October it was Vic. It's not Cam or Cam comes out and says it was on me, man. I've grown up. I've matured. I get it. And I didn't get it last year, and it was on me. That's why I like to hear. I don't want to. I don't see. I don't want to see a rookie that doesn't work out in year one blaming a coach, or coaches. So anyway, uh, that that's uh, a little something here on our our draft stuff. Since we have Tony Pauline coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to him uh, about everything. By the way, uh, something else I wanted to get to here uh, before the weekend: the Dolphins Challenge Cancer is next Saturday. Uh, we do this thing every year, um, a talk show on WQM for two hours. We auction it off uh, Saturday or Sunday around your schedule over the next few months, whatever works, and I can come in here. we got three mics and myself, um, and we can do whatever you want. We can sit and talk about your company for, for two hours or three hours. We can, we can do charity events you're involved with, or we can just talk all your favorite sports, but you can come in with your buddies. You can come in with your kids, and um, – And you can have fun. It's a blast, man. On Saturday or Sunday, I enjoy coming down. and have a whole bunch of Dunkin' Donut stuff down here, and we will kick back and uh, really enjoy ourselves. And all that money you can write off, and it goes to Dolphins Challenge Cancer. And that is next Saturday. And uh, like I said, we'll work it out sometime uh, after, and uh, a good time for you and your friends to come down and hang out with us here. So 305-567-0560. You got something you want to give some money anyway, it's a great write-off. And it goes to a great cause for Dolphins Challenge Cancer for Sylvester, which is becoming one of the top cancer centers in the country. One of the best in the business. So it's good stuff there. We are going to have Tony Pauline join us when we come back. So we'll have a lot more stuff to get to. NFL draft analyst who's been around for a long time now. And we'll talk a little bit about the first and second round of the draft. Stay with us for that. But first, I want to talk about Tony Garcia, the insurance guy. What's a topic that most people don't like to talk about? It's life insurance. Nobody wants to talk about it because everybody's thinking we're going to be talking about dying. and Nobody wants to do that. What if I told you that life insurance isn't uh, about dying, it's about living? Life insurance has evolved, evolved over the years, and now it's not just an inheritance you leave behind. It's a tool for your financial present and future that's why this IUL has become so popular with so many people. And Index Universal Life, you can accumulate cash and save tax-free for your retirement, have the protection of living benefits, unexpected illnesses like cancer, a heart attack, or a stroke. If you're the breadwinner of your family, you'll have the cash you need to keep your family going. My friend is Tony Garcia. He's with National Life, and he can put together a plan that's awesome for you. Get that IUL today for life protection, illness protection, no loss, tax-free investment for your retirement. Plans for as low as $25 a week, and that's what I call peace of mind. Call Tony, 305-798-5832. That's 305-798-5832. That's Tony Garcia.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right, Woody, thank you. Uh,
2: From Super Bowl right into mock drafts, the combine pro days and trying to figure out what your team's going to do. The Miami Dolphins sitting there with a first and a second round pick, and I've been screaming and jumping up and down. Keep the picks. Don't throw in a trade with a veteran player. Keep them, and let's get this thing figured out. Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst at sportskita.com joins us. Tony, long time. How you been, buddy?
4: I'm okay. Good to be back with you, Joe.
2: Thank you, man. I I appreciate you coming on. So, uh, I got to ask you, I know you've you've already had a chance to go to the Senior Bowl and and everything else. So, what are you seeing as the deepest position in this upcoming draft, especially in the first two rounds, Tony?
4: Offensive tackle. No doubt about it. I mean, you're you're probably going to have five, maybe six offensive tackles uh, go in the first round of the draft, uh, in round one. Uh, by the time the second day, day two of the draft is over, you're going to have 13, maybe 14 offensive tackles. So that's where the wow. depth of the draft is.
2: Holy smokes. All right. And uh, deepest position, would you say it's tackle, or are you seeing some other positions that that you like a lot?
4: The deepest position? Yeah. Yeah, it's the offensive tackle. There's okay. no doubt about so, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just... some good cornerbacks. There's some uh, – the receiver class is, is, is solid – But I think offensive tackle is far and away, and it's primarily an offensive draft. I mean, the past couple of years, especially at the top, it's been uh, defensive players. When you look at the top of the draft, I know that doesn't affect the Dolphins, uh, of the top 10 picks, maybe there's one defensive player. It's going to be a lot of offensive players, the quarterbacks, the tackles, the receivers.
2: Hey, Tony, I want to ask you about that. Everybody, It looks like Caleb Williams is kind of the number one overall pick, but... That number two pick, I hear Drake May. I hear Jaden Daniels. What are your thoughts on is it clear cut who the second best one is, or is it just going to be what teams like the best?
4: Well, I mean, nothing's clear cut at this point in time because we haven't had the combine. There haven't been combine medicals and interviews and things like that. I mean, right now, I have Jaden Daniels going number two to Washington for a couple of reasons. Number one, with Cliff Kingsbury there, I think Daniels is a better fit for the offensive system he's going to run. I also have Jaden Daniels rated higher on my board than Drake May. I mean, he's a little bit smaller than Drake May, and you can make the argument that Drake May could be a better quarterback two or three years down the road. But when you watch Jaden Daniels, I mean, this is a guy who gets it between the ears. This is a guy whose game has been on the upswing literally for the past two seasons. When he played at LSU, he makes all the passes, he's a great leader, he doesn't make mistakes. He's uh, as lethal picking up yardage with his legs as he is with his arm, Uh, although he's got a smaller frame, but he's not reckless when he carries the ball. He doesn't, you know, do stupid things. And, you know, I think some of us watched him extensively at Arizona State, and he's really fulfilling the potential that we thought he had early in his college career.
2: How do you feel about the other three guys we hear a lot about, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix.
4: I would take them second, third round at best. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, he could go first round, uh, but the fact is, this is he's a great college quarterback who's got a lot of moxie, he's got a lot of confidence. I am concerned about his next-level projection. Had a great offensive line there, had a great running game there at Michigan. They really didn't need him to carry the team. Bo Nix, I think, proved at the Senior Bowl he's nothing more than a game manager. He was great on the college level at doing that, but again, you're projecting it to the next level. Michael Penix, he's here and there, great downfield passer at times, very streaky. The age, the injury, questions about uh, work ethic off the field. You know, a lot of different things. I think all of those guys are second, maybe third. Well, I think they're second, picks, second round picks. I think McCarthy could go in the first round.
2: All right, so uh, I do want to ask you, bringing it back home here to South Florida, the Dolphins, um, what, what are your thoughts on their first pick, knowing center, the guard situation they're under right now? I, I'd love to see them take an offensive lineman. What do you think?
4: Well, I mean, they could take Jackson Powers-Johnson. He's the 27th-rated player on my board, the offensive, interior offensive lineman from Oregon who played right guard in 2022, did a great job at center this year, went to the Senior Bowl, played at the Senior Bowl with an injury, and was absolutely dominant the first day of practice. He had to pull out the last day because of the injury. But I think Jackson Powers-Johnson answered a lot of questions. I don't think 20 would be a reach for him at that spot. Again, he could play center, he could play guard, he's starting to hit his stride, he's getting better and better, he's got an NFL body, he's got an NFL brain, more importantly, and he's good at the line of scrimmage, he's also very good on the second level. So I think that at the Senior Bowl, Jackson Powers Johnson established or cemented himself as a first-round pick, and I think that's somebody that the Dolphins really have to look to, that's probably... You know, at that spot, the only guy that I would consider, Troy Fotanu, the left tackle at Washington who projects to guard in the NFL. I think that's a little bit early for, for him. Jordan Morgan as well, the left tackle from Arizona, who I think is going to be a guard where the Dolphins are selecting. Uh, I think that's a little bit early. I think it's if you're looking at the board, Jackson yeah. Powers Johnson makes the most sense.
2: I was going to ask, do you, you like him a lot more at center than guard, though, it sounds like, although he can play both. Is that what you're saying?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the way he took off at center this year, the way he ran that unit, you know, the, the way he worked with the guards, the ability to block on the second level was very, very attractive.
2: Uh, all right, so if you don't mind, take me in a second round with the Dolphins. Now picking in the 50s there uh, as of right now uh, for, for another potential guy. You see anybody else you might like in, in that second round that might be a nice fit for this Dolphin team, even though we got a zillion free agents and we're not sure what they're doing yet.
4: Yeah, I mean, if a, if, a, if a big defensive tackle like a McKinley Jackson happens to fall in their laps, I think that's some, something they've got to look at. You know, if they're looking for another receiver, maybe a Troy Franklin of, of Oregon if he's there, although he could go first round, Xavier Worthy of Texas, another field stretcher. One um, <laughs> interesting pick, I think, would be Johnny Wilson of Florida State, the big receiver, because I project him to tight end. 6'6", 236 pounds, long arms, terrific pass catcher. He's got tight end size. He's got tight end speed and quickness, but he catches the ball like a receiver. I project him, and they tried to do that last year with the kid they took in the fifth round from Stanford, Elijah Higgins, a bigger body receiver who projected to tight end. Johnny Wilson is a much better pass catcher, a much better pass catcher, they want, you know, they're going to need a tight end. They need more playmaking at that tight end. What better way to do it than take a big-bodied receiver, a guy who's just going, to, you know, he's two hundred thirty-six pounds, is six foot six. He's probably going to, yeah. you know, he's he's going to get bigger before he gets yeah. smaller, and move him to the tight end position. And you got a playmaker at that spot.
2: You know, Tony, I had this discussion last night. My good friend Kim Bocamper, he's big on this tight end. We got to get another tight end. I just don't know how important the tight end is overall in Mike's setup right now offensively I just don't I, I almost like a third wide receiver more although you're talking about this tight end being so good he can be like your third receiver
4: Well I mean he had a lot of success with a tight end in San Francisco uh, I, I mean I you, thought you that look same at the two yeah. the, the, the past two dynasties you look at the Patriots and you look at the Chiefs yes they had great quarterbacks but they also had big dynamic playmaking tight ends so, uh, you know, you could be right, but he did, ha- he did have a lot of success with a tight end in San Francisco.
2: Hey, can I ask you about a couple of UM guys here? Gosh darn, I don't get to talk to you a-, a whole lot here, and you know what time it is. It's mock draft time, and start looking. Matt Lee, the center, really liked mm-hmm. this kid out of UM. What are your thoughts on Matt Lee?
4: You know, I-, I liked him back to his days at Central Florida. I mean, that's where I really got turned on to him and started watching him. I, I think Matt Lee is a consummate football player. He's not really big. He's not really athletic, but he's tough, he's smart, he understands the position, he gets the most out of his ability. He had three great days at Shrine Bowl practice. You mentioned I was at the Senior Bowl, I was at the Shrine Bowl practice as well, and he really dominated there. I think if he's drafted, it's probably going to be in the later rounds. He's one of those guys that could, st- uh, you know, could start as a backup but he's also, you know, we've seen interior offensive linemen go sixth, seventh round that end up starting. I think he's more of a system type of guy. I like Matt Lee, the player. I don't know about Matt Lee, the, uh, you know, the athlete or, or the body type. But, but I think he'll find a way to make it.
2: Yeah, I, man, I wish Miami Dolphins would take a shot at him uh, in one of those later picks. All right, Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle. God, people are talking about him as a first-round pick. I didn't see him as a first-round pick of the production. What What do you think of Leonard Taylor with all that talent?
4: Yeah, He's not going the first round. He's more of a day-two pick. He's a – you know, I think they kind of had him out of position at times at nose tackle this year at Miami with that 3-4 system. He's quick. He's explosive. He goes very hard. He's athletic too. Uh, more of a three-technique, one-gap uh, type of defensive tackle – You know, it's interesting. I I was with an NFL team, I'm not going to say who, during Shrine Ball, and they interviewed Leonard Taylor. And he came across as a nice guy, probably too nice, because he's talking about how he wants to spread peace and love to everybody. And (laughs) you don't want to hear that from a defensive lineman. You want to hear how he wants to rip off the opponent's head. Granted, this is 2024, but, uh, you know, he doesn't play like that. I like the way he plays with leverage. But, again, I think he is a one-gap tackle uh, in a four-man front.
2: All right, from Northwestern High School, Cam Kitchens. What do you think of Cam
4: at safety? I like him a lot. I mean, not the biggest guy in the world, but I like his ball skills. I think he could be a rangy, free safety. Seems to get in trouble when he comes up the field, gets caught out of position. Uh, I don't think he's a liability over the slot receiver. I think he's a third-round choice. I think this is not – if you're looking at uh, positions of weakness in the draft this year, you're looking at running back and safety. I think the safeties are going to get pushed down. But I think that third, maybe fourth-round area is real good for Kitchens, who I think you know, is a scheme-versatile guy. You can play him in a two-deep. You can play him as a traditional uh, free, uh, free safety in center field. All right,
2: and uh, the the real interesting guy. And this has been going on since high school for him is a five star safety, James Williams. I know he went to linebacker at the Senior Bowl. Do you see him as a linebacker or just a big physical safety?
4: Yeah, he he's the Johnny Wilson of the line, of the uh, defensive backfield, if you will. You know, a guy who played safety. I think he's going to be a linebacker. Showed up at the Senior Bowl, six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds. He's probably going to get bigger. Was not as good at linebacker at the senior bowl, as I thought. I mean, seemed to struggle in coverage. In college, he was better making plays up the field, although he showed some ability getting out to the sidelines. You know, if you look, more and more teams in the NFL these days are taking these oversized college safeties, and they're using them as one-gap linebackers. I do think that Williams is going to be an outside linebacker in the NFL. I thought maybe third round for the longest time coming out of the senior bowl Uh, I I moved them down to the fourth frame.
2: Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you real quickly, uh, corners. Um, I don't know what the Dolphins again. They're all over with with young guys. They're waiting to get better and older guys and whether they're going to keep them for what they're making or not. How's that cornerback position overall, cover corners?
4: Uh, I I mean, it's solid. I I don't think it's great. You got uh, guys bunched at the top. Kool-Aid McHistory of Alabama, uh, Terry and Arnold of Alabama. I like Quinion Mitchell. Of Toledo, that's a guy in the 20s, if they want to go cornerback that early, the yeah. guy I think uh, to consider. I mean, you've got some solid players uh, in day two of the draft. It's not a knockout class of cornerbacks, but they're always overdrafted. And, you know, there's different types of guys. You've got nickelbacks in there. You've got guys who can play over the slot receiver. You've got true outside corners. Uh, it- it's solid. It's not great. Hey, um, the
2: other one, if I can take you back a year, uh, Cam Smith came in as a second-round pick out of South Carolina. The corner did not play for Vic Fangio at all. Some kind of doghouse where very seldom even active for games. What are your thoughts for Cam Smith, and would you like him as a talent coming out?
4: Well, that's not surprising, actually, because Cam Smith had a lot of you know, And I wrote about it and said you know, he had a lot of off-the-field attitude, character-type issues that really concerned people. He was a size-speed guy who flashed ability but never put it together. Yeah, I-, I think with him, is, you know, he's got to make football a priority. He's got to do the little things off the field to make himself a better football player on the field. And if he focuses and really hits the potential that everybody thinks he has, he can be a real good cornerback in the NFL, Otherwise, he's going to be a guy that's on the inactive list and bounces from uh, roster to roster.
2: Tony, you just sounded like Vic Fangio. (laughs) (laughs) After one year on his way out, oh, my gosh. Tony, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you coming on. All the good stuff today. Thanks.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: All right. Tony Pauline, NFL Draft Analyst for SportsKeda.com. Well, apparently that's – Apparently that stuff with Cam Smith going all over the place. Like, I'm just wondering, like, you must hear that stuff because I'm, I'm hearing that's coming from South Carolina too, talking to some of the writers. Have been, everybody's trying to figure out the mystery of Cam Smith. Who's your first guy taken? And, you know, I know some of our writers tried to do some background checks this year and see what some of the coaches on that staff had to say and and stuff, and a lot of the same stuff comes back. So we must have known, and it's just a matter of getting it out of them. And uh, the good part of them, get them, get them playing at a high level. All right. Anyway, we've uh, we've got to go to break here. We got a lot of stuff to get to here on a Friday, man. A Friday can't mess up that Friday, and uh, we do want to jump on a lot of different things. But first, I do want to tell you, man, pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday on the field. And then on top of that, we're going to have the full squad showing up here in the next few days. For those of you going to be going up for a little spring baseball, which will start – actually, we'll play a lot of games up there. Jupiter, nice facility up there if you haven't been up there. And don't skip opening day, man. It's not that far away. Thursday, March 28th, man. Get your tickets now at marlins.com slash tickets. Opening day is opening day, man. Always a good time. So uh, get ready. Single game tickets on sale right now for you. All you have to do, again, is go to marlins.com slash tickets. You can go there. Find out about all the great programs they have set up for you for Friday and Legacy Saturdays, Fiesta Fridays, and Sunday is going to be fun day. We're going to have a lot of cool things they've got going on here for you. And uh, then on top of that, don't forget, uh, for the kids that like it and have those monster truck toys at home, Monster Jam is back at Lone Depot Park. That's next Saturday and Sunday, so don't miss the Gravedigger and all his friends flipping and rolling and circling around and jumping over each other. Always a good time for uh, for all the kids out there. Buy your tickets today at martins.com slash Monster Jam. All right, welcome back. Happy Friday to everybody. out, Man, you cannot mess up. Don't let anybody mess up your Friday, no matter how bad it is. Bad news with your family. Somebody's having a rough day. Just let it slide, man. Let it slide here. As uh, Well, the Super Bowl, I got, I got to tell you this, man. I was, I was thinking about this. Has anybody had a worse week than Kyle Shanahan for a guy that, hey, man, you get to the Super Bowl and you step back, you're going, we got to the Super Bowl. And I, I get it. It's only about the team that wins. I, I understand that. I mean, but think about how many cities are sitting around going, we haven't won a playoff game for for a long time. The guy got to the final game for a second time in three or four years and um, but boy, he is just getting carved up. The guy's talking about he got out coached, um, terrible communicator. Then he lets his defensive coordinator go and that just opened up a can of worms. Now the guy's blaming his defensive coordinator for what happened. He needs to go back and evaluate himself and, and How everything. How can you else. do
3: something like that? By the way, when you know, like I mean, he knows he he can't win a big game like that, and he probably shouldn't be in that position. And you fire your DC. Not his fault. He screwed up overtime. Well,
2: so I, I think there's more to it, and I and I will say this. I thought he made some mistakes. No question about it. Every everybody. From Tom Brady to others, going, what are you doing? Jimmy Johnson goes, everybody. I mean, everybody. that has been in that situation is saying, "What the hell are you doing?" So, hey, listen, man. Coming from those guys, you know, it's one thing coming from the rest of us, but guys that have actually been out there going, "Man, that was a friggin' huge mistake." He, he can say whatever he wants about third possession on us. He made some mistakes, but I, but I will say this on behalf of a head coach: if he just had two defensive coordinators that he really liked, and apparently everybody else liked too because they got head coaching jobs with the Jets and the Texans. Um, if you're not feeling it with your guy, for whatever reason, and and listen, Shanahan tried to come out, oh, I love him, Wilkes is a great guy, and man, he worked hard, and he did some really good things. If there's something you just don't trust, and he called a timeout in overtime because he obviously didn't like what they were doing defensively if you're a head coach and you're in that situ- offensive minded head coach in that situation um it just it told a lot of people oh this is not good if they don't win this game or not and then i uh, did you catch some of the comments from some of the defensive guys we could have been better prepared for some of the things Mahomes did to us
3: i think one of them came from Nick Boza yeah, one of the best hilarious. players by, by the way, this is how it starts. But but if you don't when think – I was telling you about how this is going to affect this franchise for years to come, this is how it starts. But, it, but if you – just to, to the point of the head coach,
2: if your best players defensively aren't feeling it with certain things your coordinator's doing – and by the way, they've had some really good coordinators. They were so good. They got head coaching jobs. Then you got to let them go. So, but but I understand if if people like somebody and then the TV, the ESPN guys all jump on you and they're just hammering the guy. And so I was like, wow, Shanahan had a. And by the way, Shanahan makes a mistake right off the bat. I expect all our coaches back and then fires a the guy like the next day. It's it's a bad look. Don't get me wrong. He has not handled things the best.
3: Someone had to pay, right?
2: Not necessarily. Not when you get there. I mean, again.
3: Someone's it. always gotta pay when you lose in that that kind of fashion. Is that what
2: you is that what you think well, it everybody's seems
3: like? It. I um You can't, Joe, to fire your DC like that to cover up your mistakes. But if he doesn't like things you're doing defensively <laughs> defense is really good all season though.
2: No, he called them out earlier in the year, but yeah, you're you're right. Some of it. their numbers overall. So I think they had the most I think the
3: ers were the best overall team in football all year.
2: Well, they I mean, were. You
3: could certainly make that case for them. It certainly wasn't yeah. the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs were not the best team in football year. Nope, I agree. I thought the Forty Nine ers up until kind of late in the season, they you well, know faded a little. Well, bit. Well, the
2: Ravens, the Ravens. We all thought the Ravens was the best team. What the Ra- Ravens went yeah. out to the West Coast and beat them up pretty good.
3: Fine, but you could certainly make the case for the Forty Nine ers. They were really, really good all season. They looked like they were going to be a very tough. Minus that head game, head yeah. to
2: head game at the end of the year,
3: but they and, looked like they'd be tough to beat.
2: Yeah. I, I don't disagree. So anyway, the guys had, uh, to the point of whatever you think, they're not going to get rid of a guy that's going to friggin Super Bowls. You, you're, you're just not. They're not even thinking about that out there. I mean, you want to start looking around the league, the guys are like, oh, you're on the hot seat. It's not going to be Kyle Shanahan for what's going on. It's just not going to be. And he made some mistakes, man. He he or, or he got bad advice. He either made some mistakes, and at the end of the day, whether you got bad advice or not, if you're the head coach, all fingers and the mirror are looking at you. When you look into it, everything goes back to you. I I, I don't disagree. So uh, anyway, we're going to have Mike Florio join us as he usually does here in the 9 uh, o'clock hour. We'll talk to him about some of the stuff going on. We heard from Anthony Weaver. Nice to uh, have that uh, yesterday. And, and uh, honestly... I mean, it was a breath of fresh air. It, it really was.
3: Um, Can I ask you about pers- his comments? You didn't think any of it had to do with Fangio, right? There's no shots in any of that stuff. Oh, no. I thought there was. Okay. I was just curious because it said like, he, I mean, he again sounds like the anti Fangio. So I don't know if he knew what went down here or gonna if Mike co- filled him in.
2: Oh, no. He knew. Yeah. So no, no. He knew. And it, it and I, sounded like some of those were like backhanded swipes. So, so he says, uh, Anthony Weaver says, and, and again, he didn't say Vic's name. He says, I believe we got to coach them up hard, and we got to love them up. Meaning, pat them on the back. That's what I took it. Pat them on the back. I know you can do it. Or not treat them like crap, like the last guy. And so he got he got the message for sure. And the second thing that became an issue, and this one, ha- you got to keep your your best players happy because you don't want them to go salty. Jalen Ramsey went to Vic Fangio, and said, "I want to cover." with everybody banged up, I want that number one guy. And Vic said, nah, nah we're not going to do that. Nah, uh, just stick to what 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 we're doing here. And and, and so now Jalen Ramsey, because he's so good he can do this, he can, comes out and tells the media. <laughs> I told him, you know who I am, you know how I am, and it ain't going to happen. So I went, oh boy, that's, uh, that's uh, two guys pulling a power move. A corner and a defensive coordinator's got a great one of the best reputations in the league that he can get so yeah, I took shots to get back to your point that Anthony Weaver was uh making Which I like sure. by
3: the way. I like that.
2: Well and I I'm like not the a Vic fact Fangio fans. So well he, he didn't like say it. well you don't like it. I mean you, you get where like it, things don't even come about football with you. They just be I really life don't like Vic Fangio. Things. I don't
3: like anything about him.
2: You don't like it do you didn't, nothing. You don't like they broke the record at sacks and and some of the things it, he did defensively.
3: Matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, They they lost the first round. Were you playoffs, around so I like him? This guy. Were you around him so you could no, see No, but a I know he was way. mean to you, so on your behalf I'll uh, don't don't you
2: know. do anything on behalf of me because it doesn't matter how he treats me. I just want it does
3: matter how he treats you. Why I doesn't just, that matter? I just want You're the defense. You're a well respected dolphin I, alum. I want the defense to be just good.
2: That's all I care. I don't care how players or coaches act. We got about half that staff walks by you and don't they don't want to talk, and you got the other half, they're good dudes, and you hope the guys that
3: are good dudes stay around. i they're going to lose in the first round, they may as well be nice. Yeah. 954, by the way, this is really funny, Joe, because you and I were talking about this the other day on the phone. The Chiefs had the toughest playoff schedule, too, the guy says. Yes. And you were re-watching that, and we were talking, and you, you watched their whole run, I think, right? on, on I NFL did. Network. I did, just because they I had was a brutal work. playoff schedule.
2: Nobody even talks about the Buffalo game, the hottest team in no. football. They, they have to play Buffalo there. But then they go to Baltimore. That, the the win of the year is really what they did to Baltimore. They went to Baltimore and won that game. They they shouldn't want they shouldn't win that game. Shouldn't be Baltimore. I know you're going to Joe, Joe. No, they shouldn't
3: shouldn't win that game. Well, that quarterback was due to choke, as he's usually done. First of all, the quarterback Lamar Jackson had
2: nothing to do with the fumble. No, he going did not. End zone. Right. Okay, just wanted to make sure before. You're right. Yeah, you you in the blame it game. It all man. goes to the quarterback, oh, though. You my know God. that.
3: Come on, man. You know that.
2: He had one throw, one horrible throw into not not double but triple coverage. Yes.
3: Texas says you have to be a real douche to be cold to Mister Milpenis. Does he mean to Bo too? Yes. Really? He wasn't. He just wasn't a warm. Bo kick his ass.
2: No. So so. I just think, and I haven't been around Vic enough except there, he just seems, I'm trying to think, socially awkward? Mm. Like, it's game day, you got three 60-year-old guys waiting to get on the bus to go to the game, trying to figure out what's going to happen, talking a little bit about the game, talking about breakfast, and the guy's sitting by himself. 20, 25 feet away from us. We're the only four. Everybody else is either up getting ready or already on the bus and, and left on the early buses. So we're, th- we're there, and uh, he's just sitting there. And Bo couldn't help himself. So Bo decides he's going to go. Something about missing Christmas and missing the holidays again, huh, coach? And I was like, oh, this can be interesting. Because I've already, I've already got blown off a few times. So, <laughs> and then he tried to follow up. It was just, and finally Vic gets up, like, and just leaves. No, hey guys, have a good one. Really? He just got him walked, and he went right out to the buses and walked right by us. And and uh, and you know, I, I've been so I don't let it go. There's about every day I go, hey Bo, talk to Vic lately. He goes, <laughs> he just laughs. So I don't think he dislikes any of us. I just think he's kind of like, I don't have time for, I this
3: don't know. This guy gets easier and easier to dislike every maybe, time you talk maybe, about maybe him.
2: Maybe he was just getting ready for the Philadelphia game, our Philadelphia team. Maybe he'd already said. But by the way, Jaws coming out on his behalf. And by the way, getting a lot of support. So so you know, I just want to tell you this. You know whatever Vic said to Jaws has spread around the league. I have had more people that I've had to say, I don't believe our team's out partying every night. I just don't. There'd be pictures of it. Social media would chew it up. I've I've been through this before. You can ask O.J. McDuffie at a birthday party. We've been through this before. It's hard for me to imagine that guys are in South Beach two or three days a week at parties till four or five in the morning and then showing up for practice. I just don't believe they do it anymore. I, I don't. I'm not saying... They don't go out occasionally, don't get me wrong, or they go to a private place and, you know, and and stay out of trouble. Maybe they do, but I'd be very, very surprised. So so I got, you know, who asked me? I've had two different guys ask me. So Baldy calls. He goes, dude, what's going on down there? I go, what do you mean? Well, you know, everybody, Vic walks on water with those guys up there. They love Vic. And so, like, hey, apparently everybody's partying down there, doesn't care about football. Okay. Well, we can add that to the list. Philly's a good
3: place for him, though, right? I mean, the people there are kind of angry and general. I don't know.
2: They're, you're gonna stereotype. There no, you go. You know,
3: they're like a you're, more angry like, than like people like here. Like you're
2: in such a great mood with that attitude of yours every day. Someone I'm, said Vic Fangio
3: the poster boy for a guy with low T and ED.
2: Yeah, he is. By the way, it's funny you said that. We're gonna talk. Does about Does he that.
3: have ED, as far as you know?
2: I don't. You could have it, as far as I know. I don't know. Oh, that's possible. Uh, you know what? Maybe you could be in a good mood and get some sleep this weekend. All right, we got nine o'clock hour coming up. I do want to tell you about Beverly's Jewelers, man. And Jeff, going, hey, I know, I know, Valentine's Day's over, but anniversaries, birthdays, diamond engagement rings, all coming up for you, man. And if you need to score big and you don't have a jewelry store or not overly excited about yours, try mine. It's Beverly's Jewelers, the only place I've ever gone for almost thirty years now. Amanda and Jeff, you're going, uh, husband, wife? Nope, that would be daughter and father ready to make sure with that professional staff, you get taken care of with everything you need. They're the leader in both lab-grown and earth-grown diamonds. And not only that, but their diamond experts will help you every step of the way so you get exactly what you need, especially for a diamond engagement ring. The perfect setting, the perfect diamond within your price range. And uh, you can ask lots of questions because they're very knowledgeable and they have something for everybody. Necklaces, bracelets, earrings. I'm talking about anything you need to score big for any big occasion coming up or even just a little I love you, man, whatever it is you're going. And the store is easy to get to. It's in Fort Lauderdale, off Commercial Boulevard, a nice, big, comfortable store with great people, knowledgeable people, family people, ready to make sure you get what you need. Just go to BevJewelers.com. That's Beverly's Jewelers in Fort Lauderdale. Beverly's Jewelers, where South Florida gets engaged.